Hello and welcome. It is another episode of the Wind Up podcast. I am your host, Mike Anderson of MTGA Wines. We're going to get into it today. Today, we're going to broaden the scope outside of just the wine industry. We're going to talk about marketing and really kind of the broader scale of it and what it means for you as a consumer, what you ought to really be paying attention to, and really the things that you know I think many of us within the industry think about and kind of where our headspace is when it comes to some of these marketing efforts. Uh, this is an episode I teased at the end of April. During our Q&A, we talked about current events uh, such as the SVB, uh, breakdown and collapse of that particular bank. Uh, we also touched upon the whole Bud Light, Dylan Mulvaney thing, which is where we're going to, uh, was, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit today. And, and realistically, an aspect of it that no one is talking about. Because so many folks have kind of gone right into the, you know, activist mode and representation of trans people throughout the world, which I, yeah, sure, that makes sense, right? You know, that's a big, that's a big part of that conversation and the, and the, and, and that, you know, what they were trying to do and putting Dylan Mulvaney on that Bud Light can. But more, you know, some people talked about the just overall size of InBev and how big they are as a company and realistically kind of tried to frame it as like, here's this giant thing that they're this monstrosity of a beer company that is, you know, kind of trying to market things. But I think both those conversations miss something that's more important in terms of how we need to interpret some of this stuff as consumers when it comes to these marketing efforts and realistically what's going on behind the scenes. So we're going to get into that today. Um, this is going to be one I had. This is my second time recording this, actually. I did one round of this and like halfway through, I'm like, I am way too fired up. I probably I think this was a couple days back and I was like, I had too many cups of coffee this morning. I had to take it down a notch. I even had some tea this morning just to kind of level me out a little bit more. So get that caffeine, but not have, hopefully be quite as jittery and feisty. Um, because this is something I'm passionate about. I, I've worked in and around wine marketing, not just for my own label, but for other large labels and tried to, you know, trying to sort through all this is kind of a mess. It really, really is. Because there's, I wouldn't say there's necessarily a lot at stake. I think this has kind of been, you know, quite frankly, a, a molehill that turned into a mountain for many, many people. Uh, and I'm going to get into why. Uh, for those of you that are watching this, if you're on YouTube, you'll notice it's a slightly different aspect ratio. Um, hopefully the sound is okay. Um, my back is still completely jacked up, so sitting for more than like 15 minutes is just no bueno. So I've adjusted the webcam up, uh, the microphone up, and I'm like standing in my office. It's actually kind of nice. It's very flowy. I get to kind of kick back, relax, take steps forward, take steps to the side. I think this is going to, I might do this from now on. It's actually very nice. A big fan big fan of this so far. Um, hopefully I can just keep stretching and moving as we go. So if you hear a little bit of shuffling of like jeans or my shirt or something, it's because I'm doing a like I'm stretching as I talk. Uh, multitasking, we call it, right? Right. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Enough of that. So I think many of us, if you're if you're into just beverages in general, and you've probably seen it in the news, 
you know, the whole shakedown of Bud Light putting uh, the uh, trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney on their can uh, to celebrate her 365 days of womanhood. And there was a bit of a backlash, right? They lost, what, it was roughly $6 billion in uh, market cap. Um, this is also a couple weeks ago, so I'm sure some of these numbers have changed, so forgive me if I'm a little behind the times. I hate watching the news because it's just too damn depressing. Um, but we tried to, you know, cover the high. We'll try and cover the highlights. So they lost about six billion dollars in market cap. The gal who is in charge of that marketing campaign came out and said, you know, Bud Light was in decline. They're trying to reshape their image as a frat boy kind of brand. The folks above her came out with a statement and said, oh, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but. We never wanted to divide people. We would much rather bring people together and share a beer with one another. Lovely platitudes, right? Very lovely platitudes. Doing all the corporate stuff that big corporate entities do. And let's put that in perspective, right? For those that don't know, uh, Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light have not been Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light for a long time. Uh, they were acquired and became Anheuser-Busch InBev uh, back in, what was it? It was like 2008, like middle of 2008. InBev bought Anheuser-Busch. So they haven't been, you know, <laughs> they haven't been that St. Louis brewery for some time, right? Even though they still, you know, brew a lot of beer there. Shoot, there's a Budweiser plant in out towards Fairfield Vacaville here in California, Northern California. So it's been 15 years since, you know, that happened. And then back in 2016, Anheuser-Busch InBev acquired SAB Miller to create a new company. It's a long-ass name. Anheuser-Busch InBev SA slash NV. They did sell SAB Miller Coors Company back to uh, Molson Coors. Uh, so, you know, you got that going for you, Coors and Miller fans and Molson fans. Say hey to my Canadians out there, my Canadian friends out there. Love me a good Molson, right? But with the acquisition of SAB Miller in 2016, Anheuser-Busch InBev became the largest producer of beer in the world. To put that in wine terms, that's Gallo family. They produce more wine than anybody else in the world. I think they still do. Like tens of millions of cases. I wasn't able to track down exactly how much beer InBev makes, but it's a ridiculous amount. Some of their brands also include Stella Artois, Artois, Corona. I mean, they have 400 brands. They're enormous. They're enormous. So just keep that in mind as we're talking about. This is not your little mom and pop shop, you know. <laughs> this is not your little mom and pop shop brewery that's supporting the community. This is a company that cares about their profits. And, I mean, every company has to at some point. You need money in the bank to run, to operate, to pay your employees, to buy new brewing equipment. Sure, any, any small brewery needs that. But this is, this is a different thing. You're talking about a multinational, worldwide company. You know, I think that's valued well over, you know, $100 billion at this point. Like, they're, they're giants. Okay? So... Their marketing department for Miller, or sorry, Miller. I'm going to have that SAB Miller thing stuck in my head. Uh, we'll try to ignore that. Scratch that is what I get for recording this live. Uh, so their marketing department for Bud Light, there we go, got it, decided, hey, 
This influencer is celebrating 365 days of their womanhood, inclusivity, and is a hot thing right now. Let's celebrate with her and send her a bunch of Bud Light, print her face on a can, and show that we, this giant monstrosity of business, we care. We want to be inclusive. We want to share our beer with everybody. So they do that. Immediate backlash. I think it was Travis Tritt who came out and said, oh, Anheuser-Busch is no longer, you know, the company that sponsored me back in, you know, when he was getting going. No shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Kid Rock's in his backyard blowing up cans with, with with his guns. You know, you have videos of steamrollers just going over cases of Bud Light. Instant backlash. All the statements get released. Hey, we're trying to change our image. We're trying to do right by these other communities. We want to share beer with people and bring people together. If that were true, they would have stuck by their guns. They would have said, you know what? This is... If, if Bud Light's really struggling, we need to continue to push forward. We need to change. We need to evolve. We need to be better, get better as a company and have representation across, you know, the spectrum of people that are out there. Right? Run with it. Hopefully short-term losses for long-term gain, right? That's, that would be the mentality, right? At least in my head. But you see a $6 billion market cap loss, although I don't think their stock price really wavered all that much, if I remember correctly. I I haven't exactly looked at it, but from the sound of it, based on the articles I've read, it didn't really, you know, falter too much. But what do they do? Instead of saying, hey, we understand you're angry. Let's have a conversation about this. Let's all try and meet somewhere in the middle. What do they do? No, they don't do that. They put the gal who's in charge of this marketing campaign on leave. She's gone for now. They pause all of their marketing with influencers. Hard stop, everything. Grinds to a halt. And they're now trying to figure it out. You saw, you know, sales for other major beer brands and companies go up. You saw Bud Light drop. It was like 17%, I think. It's a lot of beer. Especially given that I think Bud Light was and maybe still is the most popular beer in the country in the good old US of A. 17%, that's a big drop. Ooh, that's a big drop for a big company like that. In terms of a sale of what has been maybe your most popular skew, right? So they pause everything. And that's what I want to get at today. That marketing. What does that mean for marketing? I'll tell you what it means. And this is the question that we got asked, you know, at the end of April uh, through some friends, people who have come out to the winery, as they said, how did this shake out? Like what's happening in the beverage industry? Maybe it's just beer, but maybe it's, you know, obviously maybe it's impacting wine as well. How is this going to shake out? What is this? What is happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Anheuser-Busch InBev took this on the chin. 
They shut down everything and said, Oof, this inclusive thing is not what we, not what we bargained for. So we got to stop everything. We got to put a pause on that. And let's be honest, if they really cared about inclusivity, they would have kept going. They don't give a shit about inclusivity. They don't. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care about, you know, how, you know, any of that. You know what they care about? They care that you're spending your money on their beer. They care about that bottom line. If they, if that bottom line, if they decided that, the, hey, you know what? This might, we might take a hit, but let's take that hit. Let's get back up and keep moving forward. They would have continued. If they really cared about inclusivity and what someone like Dylan Mulvaney brings to the table and uh, perhaps with the trans community or LGBTQ, that might be the, I'm sure there's more letters to that acronym. I can't remember. If we really care, we're going to continue forward. But they don't. They don't. Don't pretend for a second like InBev gives a shit. Now, I'll I'll give that marketer and maybe her team the benefit of the doubt saying, hey, we want to change this image. Let's let's just say that her mind and her team's mind were in the right place. That let's let's be inclusive. And I don't think anyone here listening to this would argue with that. People are people at a certain point, and it's okay to be kind to your fellow person, regardless of how they you know, live their life, as long as it's not impacting your life in a negative way. That's my inner libertarian speaking. Live your life. You do you. If, if it starts to impact me negatively, then yeah, we're going to have a problem. But do what makes you happy. And this is a marketing campaign to a certain group of people that failed miserably. And it was a gut check and they said, no, we can't do this anymore. Nope, can't do that. InBev's not your friend. Bud Light is not your friend. They don't give a shit. They don't. I'm looking right at you. If you're watching this, I'm looking right into the camera. They do not care about you. What they care about is their market share and their profits and their share price on the good old ticker in the stock exchange. That's what they care about. Right? Let's let's forget about whether or not you agree with the fact that Dylan Mulvaney was on that can in the first place. That is irrelevant to this conversation. As much and as important as inclusivity and and whatnot is is, you know, a topic today as important as that might be, this is not about that. This is about a company trying to grab your dollars and say, "Hey, this is a group of people that historically maybe aren't buying as much Bud Light as we would like them to. How can we get them to buy Bud Light? Let's hire an influencer who can be a spokesperson, have a megaphone, and try and bring them in so we can capture that revenue. That's what this was about. Don't pretend for a second that this company had like something, I don't know, something at heart that was like, we're going to change the world. Because if, it was, if that was the case, again, they wouldn't have paused all these marketing efforts. Again, whether you agree with this or not, this is how it is. And how, now, how is that shaking over into marketing departments? I'll tell you, it sure is. You're not going to hear about it, though. And you're not going to hear about it because InBev took this on the chin. They did marketing departments in beverage industries and companies around the world a huge favor by taking this on the chin because every marketing department that was maybe considering doing something like this with a popular product of theirs has put a pause on it full stop and said, whew, we are dodging that bullet. We're not taking that loss. Let's reevaluate. Let's restructure what this campaign's going to be, and we're going to move forward in a different direction. 
That way, we don't have the same backlash that Bud Light and InBev did. This is going to send ripples throughout the marketing community for popular products to try and find a more strategic way to market to a specific group of people, specifically the trans community in this case. And they're going to try to find a workaround. That's it. That's what's going to happen. You're not going to see, as a consumer, you're not going to see it until a new product is hitting your shelves or you see a commercial on TV. And it's going to be a minute. I mean, no joke. This, this put a pause on any of those marketing efforts because of the response. You know, as you might expect, you know, you see the largest beer company in the world take a giant hit like this. The smaller companies are paying attention, right? They're paying attention. And they're going to come up with new strategies to market in new ways. And to make it, hopefully, meaningful. Because this wasn't meaningful. This was, again, how can we, how can we capture the dollars from this community? That's, what, that's all this is. That's what marketing is. For any, any large company, and even small companies, it's about how do we get people to rationalize the purchase of our product, right? If it's, especially if it's something that they don't need. Do you need Bud Light? There's a lot of, there's a lot of beer out there. Do you need Bud Light as a consumer? No, there's, you go get yourself some Miller Lite, you go get some Coors Light, you could go down to your local mom and pop shop brewery that's in your town and say, hey, I need a good Pilsner for the summer months when it's getting hot and I'm doing yard work. You could do any of that. There's plenty of options. There's a lot of good beer out there. You don't need Bud Light. Shoot, you don't even need beer. There's nothing like a Moscow Mule after a hard day's work. Good glass of sparkling wine. Now you're speaking my language, right? So all these marketing departments are now trying to figure it out. And this is where I want to get into us as consumers and why this is important for us. And and I think what's really interesting for me, you know, having talked to, you know, a handful of our clients and club members, um, other industry people, it's interesting that more people now today know what InBev is, the entity that they are on the world stage of beer production. There's a recognition of what Bud Light is and what InBev is. And I think that's the most important thing to come out of this. Second most important thing to come out of this. Because the most important thing that's coming out of this, I hope, or that should be coming out of this that I think really isn't just yet, is that they don't care about your feelings. They don't care about your sexual orientation, who you are. They just want your bottom line dollars. That's, that's what you need to take from this for any big company that's marketing in this way. They don't care. They don't. And we, as consumers, need to understand that where we spend our dollars matters. And it's clear that when people stopped buying Bud Light... Things were changing within InBev and their marketing structure and the immediate change, right? Hey, there's a big group of people that are mad about this. Full stop everything. We got to try and play damage control mode. And we as consumers need to take that and say, hey, we have more power than we think. 
we need to support more companies that we actually believe in, that support the things that we believe in, right? Whatever your beliefs are, right? Whatever your beliefs are, doesn't matter. Whatever end of the political spectrum, uh, wherever you land, doesn't matter. It takes more time, it takes more effort. You have to do your research. You have to know, what if I'm buying this beer, where are those dollars going? Are they going to someone like InBev? Are they going to uh, someone like Miller Coors? Are they going to someone like Russian River Brewing in Northern California? Are they going to, uh, you know, where are they going? Where are they going? And that's for all products. We need to be just generally more conscientious of what we're buying, where it's coming from, and what those dollars are doing and what they're actually supporting. Because many of us don't tell. I'm not that good at it. There are plenty of things I buy off of Amazon or have bought off of Amazon or otherwise where I'm like, you know what? I just need that product. I'm not worried about who made it. I just need it. Get it to my front door. We do that. Well, we as a, as, as, as a consumer culture do that all the time, right? But I think this shows that regardless of what you believe, it's important to speak with your dollars. And hopefully understand that these bullshit marketing tactics are just that. They're bullshit marketing tactics. Don't pretend for a second like this, like some of these large companies have your best interests in hand. Unless maybe you see where they're donating their money, you see what politicians they're supporting, you do your research on the back and you know, oh, there's this money is going places that I agree with, therefore I'm happy to continue buying Bud Light. Here's another great example. And maybe this was something that happens kind of strictly in California and maybe more liberal states. This is a little bit political. I apologize. I try not to mix, you know, wine and politics and beer and politics is one of my grandfather's great rules is when you're when you're talking, you know, wine or beer or anything, you don't mix in politics, you don't mix in religion, you don't mix in water. Especially the water part. <laughs> you don't mix in water. You can't have water. Remember, fish fucking water. Anyway, there, there goes my train of thought. This happened at least in California, and, and maybe this was something that happened around the country. Some of you might remember this. Uh, there was some backlash against Chick-fil-A uh, some time ago, and it was, you know, they're a religious uh, Christian company. I think at least their ownership is, um, and they came out. It was either during the last couple election cycles or something, you know, as this Christian company, they supported certain things. I, and I can't remember. It was part of like the abortion debate um, or maybe it was part of the LGBTQ, you know, conversation or what it was. But they came out like against something. And there was this backlash saying, oh, boycott the chicken. And, you know, I have friends that are you know, it's California. After all, I have some more liberal friends. I have a lot of conservative friends as well. And I, there were a lot of you know, liberal friends that were like, and some of them from the South, surprisingly enough, uh, who were like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, gosh, they need to be more inclusive. They need to understand, like, this is not just that this is so narrow-minded and they got to be, you know, they got that there's more to this world than just this one community and your singular belief that there's, you know, you got to take care of your fellow man and all this kind of the rah, rah, rah. We got to, you know, support these other communities. So they disagreed with what the owners of Chick-fil-A were saying. Long story short, right? They disagreed with what the owners of Chick-fil-A were saying. Did they stop buying the chicken? No, they did not. 
they continued buying those delicious, delicious chicken sandwiches. Damn it, they're good, right? Chick-fil-A is no joke. It really is. I mean, and the service is impeccable. Everyone's so nice. Everyone is so nice. It's hard to hate on those folks. You can't. The chicken is outrageously... That spicy chicken sandwich, are you kidding me? It's awesome. And every time you go there, it's just the nicest hospitality. It's the best you can get in fast food, probably, right? It's, it's for sure the best fast food hospitality. But Popeye's is still better. Anyway, Popeye's is still better. The hospitality, not so much. Popeye's is a little rough on the hospitality. They could learn a thing or two. That chicken's fire, though. It's, Popeye's chicken is fire. So you had folks that were unhappy about the higher-ups in Chick-fil-A and, and their beliefs. They disagreed with them. However, they kept buying the damn chicken. If you really disagree with that company and what they stand for, why are you buying the chicken? Why are you buying the chicken? That was a little too... That sounded way too much like Jerry Seinfeld there for a minute in my own head. I apologize. That Like, the octave went up a little bit. That was like, what is the deal with... Never mind. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. This is the crux of the issue here. And it worked with this Bud Light thing. People disagreed. Whether Again, for what it's worth, if you agree with the fact that Dylan was Mulvaney was on that can, I get it. I understand it. It's I'm all about inclusivity. Have at it. Have at it. We are all just people on this rock hurtling through space. We might as well try and take care of one another. We only get one shot at this ride, as far as we know. We might, we might as well be good to one another, right? So have at it. Be inclusive. Take care of people. But... What a lot of that crowd did in response of blowing up cans and dropping Bud Light from their tour schedules and stadium dates and things of that nature is they spoke with their dollars and they said, hey, we don't agree with you doing this. And Bud Light and InBev had to make a change. Now, it's easy to lose that perspective because you know if you're one person buying one chick-fil-a sandwich and you see the line you know two blocks long during the lunch hour right the long line can be a long line right you're like oh if i if i don't spend 7.99 or whatever you know what difference does that make what difference does one person make right and this is where i want to bring up an interesting sociological study. Yes, for those that remember, before I started making wine, I have a degree in criminal justice and sociology. It was going to come up at some point. This is the perfect time to do it. And I cannot remember the name of the gal and those that were involved, but this was a case in New York City. And it, cre- and it was the creation of a new sociological ph- phenomenon. And it's very, very interesting. And this is something that I think all of us can take to heart when we make purchasing decisions from companies that are either as large as InBev or Gallo or as small as, let's say, MTGA, small as what we do. There was a gal in New York City um, who was being attacked in an alleyway. I think she was getting stabbed to death. I know this took a bit of a dark turn, but it's important. This is very important. Bunch of neighbors, people along the alleyway, they open up their windows. 
They see this woman being attacked and nobody calls the cops. They just watch. So, you know, this attack goes on and on. Police don't show up. They get through this tragic event. And the question was, why didn't anybody do anything? Why didn't anybody do anything? This lady was in, like dying on the street. Why, why did no one do anything? And they came up with the term uh, diffusion of responsibility, or the phrase diffusion of responsibility. The assumption of everyone who was watching that crime in progress was that, oh, there's 10 other people here. Obviously, someone else already called the cops. I don't need to worry about it. They passed the buck to their fellow neighbor. Right? Ah, I'm in line for Chick-fil-A. I know I don't agree with them, but I'm just one person. All these other people, I mean, there are other people. There are other people that'll do this. I'm just, my $7 doesn't matter. It's fine. And you rationalize doing nothing on a very small scale that could end up having big consequences. Is it that hard to pick up the phone and call the cops? No, it's not. It's certainly not. It's a very small action that could have very big repercussions on down the line. And I think that's something that we as consumers need to take the heart with where we spend our dollars. I mean, shoot, let's be honest. I have an iPhone in my pocket. Do I think that this iPhone was made in the most humane way possible? That the, you know, battery and the minerals and, and technology and everything that goes into this thing, it was done humanely? Probably not. But I still have it. Damn it, I still have it. Because what are you going to do? Buy an Android and have green text messages? Ugh, disgusting. Right? Gross. <laughs> Gross, right? No hate on the Androids. I actually love Android phones. They're far cooler. They're far cooler. But I'm bull I'm constantly bullied every time I buy a new phone and I give into it every time. Not that not that uh you know Samsung is any more righteous than Apple, let's be honest here, right? But it's okay. I should take some of my own advice. Here I am, not taking my own advice when it comes to what kind of phone I buy. No small movement should go, I'm trying to think of the right word. No small movement should go unnoticed. And maybe it feels like it. Maybe it feels like it. If, you know, you pass up Chick-fil-A and you go somewhere else or you pass up Bud Light in the grocery store aisle, maybe it feels like nothing, right? You're like, well, I don't really agree with this on, on both fronts. You know, InBev and Bud Light shouldn't be shoving, you know, quote-unquote, wokeness down our throats. Or, you know what? I disagree with the fact that they pause all these marketing efforts. They clearly don't stand by this message of inclusivity. So to hell with them, you know, opposite sides of the spectrum that are, oddly enough, meet in the middle. Crazy how that works, right? It might feel like nothing, but it matters. Because you're going to say to your friends, hey, you know what? I really love Chick-fil-A, but you know what? Not a fan of what they stand for. 
InBev, they're this giant beer company. Yeah, you know, my 12 bucks for that 30 rack might not mean anything to them, but you know what? Principle of the thing. Start investing in companies, whether you're just buying their products, consuming their products, um, whatever the case may be, in companies that align more with who you are as a person, regardless of your political affiliations, your beliefs, do your research. Give a shit about what you're consuming, whether it's a beverage, a phone, a jacket, a car, whatever it is. Give a shit about who you're supporting. Shit, I forgot to turn off my phone. Damn it. Rookie mistake. There's a ding that goes off in my pocket. My bad, people. My bad, people. Actually, this is a fun one. This is a really fun one. This is a fashion industry thing when it comes to marketing. Think of like Hugo Boss and how sexy those commercials are for Hugo Boss. Do you care that Hugo Boss helped design the SS uniforms for the Nazis? Do you? Is that something that you care about? That the history of that company is a little bit checkered back there in the 19, you know, 30s, 40s. It's a little bit checkered, I would say, to say the least. Do you have some of those shirts in your closet? Do you have one of those suits in your closet? Do you, does that matter to you? Or is that history so in the, far in the rearview mirror that, hey, it doesn't matter. They've shaped up. They still make great cologne, great shirts, great fashion. Does that matter to you? For some of you, it might. Others of you, it might not. But that's the kind of stuff. And this, I don't want to sound like, hey, you should be paranoid about everything, that everything you buy. I mean, at a certain point, you need a shirt. You need a dress shirt. You got a big meeting tomorrow. You got a presentation. You got to look sharp. You got to have a nice shirt. And if, if your last clean press shirt is a Hugo Boss shirt in the closet, you know, so be it. Right? You're going over to a friend's house. You know they have no taste in wine. Here comes my jab. Here it comes. You know they're not big wine people. You go grab. You go grab yourself a little bit. Uh, you go grab yourself a little bit of barefoot bubbly because they love bubbles that are a little sweet. And they're like, oh, this will hold. They'll love it. <laughs> right. You make. You make some. Uh, you cross the line in the sand. You know, kind of as best as you can, where you rationalize it, right? So I, I wouldn't say be paranoid about everything you consume, everything you buy, everything you do, right? Because that's not practical. It's just not. But if you do really care, and if you want to care more about what you're buying, what you're consuming, this is stuff that you need to keep in mind. InBev does not care about your feelings. They care about their bottom line. Chick-fil-A has their beliefs. And yours might align with theirs and it might not. In the grand scheme of things, if your belief structure doesn't align, I mean, why are you supporting that company? Regardless of, you know, regardless of what end of this, you know, social or political spectrum you're on. Doesn't matter where you're at. Why are you why would you support a business that doesn't believe what you believe? 
speak with your dollars because whether it's you know 12 bucks for a 30 rack of beer or seven bucks for damn it those chicken sandwiches are good right they are but is it worth supporting that business if you actually don't agree with them and that's why you need to consider about marketing that's what you need to consider about marketing and how you're being pandered to from any of these companies because they're just trying to sell more sandwiches. They're just trying to sell more beer. And let's, let's, not, let's not get it too twisted. There are some really great companies out there that support really great causes, right? There definitely are. Maybe it's worth hunting those down and supporting those companies that are really truly trying to make a difference rather than just pander to a specific group of people so that they have more market share. That is the conversation that we as consumers need to be having. We need to understand the power of our dollar or whatever currency you're using. And we need to actually stand for what we believe in. And you need to remember that we're just humans floating on this giant rock hurling through space around a giant fireball. If you're going to drink crappy light beer, more power to you. More power to you. But maybe, just maybe, it's worth going down to that mom and pop shop brewery and buying, you know, one beer rather than two and supporting someone in your community. Just saying. Just saying. Ugh, this is a it's a this it's a weird topic. But I hope this shines some light on some of these large companies, how we're being marketed to as people, whether it's whether it's wine, whether it's beer, whether it's jackets, phones, you name it. This is all a part of the, these big scale companies, right? And we have a lot more power than we think. We have a lot more power than we think. And it's something that none of us should take for granted. It might just be a couple of dollars here and there, but guess what? A couple of dollars adds up and compounds and moves very quickly if you give it the time to do so. So that's all I got on this topic. It's all I got. It's a, it's, this is a fun one to dive into because it's something I'm very passionate about. It's something that, you know, I know I can do better in terms of, you know, things that I acquire or thing and companies that I support through what, where I spend my money. And it's something that all of us do, right? There, there's plenty of times we don't think about where a product is coming from. We only care that we're getting it because we need it and we're going to utilize it here sooner rather than later, right? It's one of those things. But if you really do give a shit, it's time to start doing your homework. It's really time to start doing your homework and finding the companies that support the things that you are passionate about. I was going to say something really profound and my mind just stopped, but I think that's a good place to end it, right? That's a good spot. That's a good a spot as any. Find those companies and those causes that you're passionate about and support them. If you're that passionate about Bud Light that you're willing 
to have a few cases in your fridge, take it out back and blow up those cases that you've already spent money on. Your money's already in their bank, my friend. They don't give a shit. That posturizing online's hilarious. It's like when a when a athlete goes to another team and people are burning jerseys. It's like, dude, you already spent that money in the team shop, buddy. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Just speak. I know you're upset. Just don't buy it next time. Maybe don't go. Don't buy tickets to the game. Don't buy that beer next time. Buy something else. And that's something that happened on a very large scale with this whole InBev thing. And it was from inside the beverage industry. It was very interesting to see. So have a good one, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Please be sure to review, uh, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel, to our podcast. Uh, Please continue submitting questions and topic ideas. Uh, This is something that has been just so much fun to to dive into because it's, it's been very much a two-way street of folks suggesting, hey, how is this affecting the wine industry? Hey, what's this little nook and cranny that I've heard of, but I would love more information on? Um, It has been an absolute blast uh, picking out some of these topics and diving into them in more detail. So please continue to do that Uh, and share this. Please share this with friends, family, anyone who's interested in in wine and, you know, the beverage scene as a whole. This episode was definitely a bit of a divergence from that where we're talking more about marketing and consumerism and all this other stuff but this is a huge part of you know of our industry um, is stuff like this and how it kind of ripples and sends shockwaves through and how it impacts uh, things on down the line so uh, I hope you enjoyed this one it was certainly uh, a challenge given that I got halfway through this a couple days ago I was like I need to put a pause and like recollect myself so hopefully this was a good way to go about it so take care Have a great rest of the day. Uh, We'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode of the Wind Up Podcast. Catch you later.